Hello, welcome to Studio One. If you like what you see, like and subscribe and comment. Of course, I'm a KTT one person, so I, <laughs> I kind of took it upon myself, like maybe a the past two months, to like really try to get like KT artists that I think are really good on the platform. So yeah, thanks for getting on it. Oh no problem. I'm always down to talk about my craft. So perfect. Um, before we really begin, you know, can you just like briefly introduce yourself, and then we'll get started. Um. I'm Chloe Hotline. I'm a singer. I'm a producer. I'm an engineer. And I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. All right, perfect. Um, before we get into the music, you know, um, with, you know, quarantine and COVID and things like that, how have you been? I know I've been doing Zoom interviews for like a year. Toronto's kind of getting better. How has it been over where you're at? Um, in Cincinnati, when it comes to like COVID stuff, like we'll have spikes. And then we'll have times where shit will be down. But anytime it spikes, like it's did something big and everybody is back in the house. But through overall through the pandemic, like a lot of artists that I know, like their careers kind of got muddied because of the pandemic because they were relying on live shows. But yeah, I've actually seen a lot of success and a lot of um and a lot of more support during the pandemic and even a year later till now. I put out my projects, so yeah, it's been pretty all right for me. Just indoors, staying safe, creating, you know. Yeah, and going to like the early roots of it, you know. Everybody loves music, you know. You, yeah. whether, whether it's playing in the house, things like that. At uh, what age did it like become more than a hobby? You know, when were you like, you know what, I'm gonna dabble into this, and like, were you showing your friends like, hey, like, I'm taking this seriously? Like, how did you kind of navigate? that before you really started releasing music um okay so i've been okay so the crazy thing about me is i've been writing and rapping and stuff since i was like four like my nickname in the family was like kai rapping because i was i was young and that's what i wanted to do but i recorded my first song when i was six and i was like yeah this is at my cousin's house in detroit actually yeah and i was like yeah this is what i want to do so from there on, like I would, from there on, I was just like making music. And at the time, when you're young like that, you know, kids aren't like, other kids are really getting like, oh, you're doing this. Like, I'm like playing with blocks. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm playing with like, I'm actually playing and you're over here like making music. Like, that's crazy. So I wouldn't be able to relate to other kids as much. But that's pretty much how, how, it, was, how it got started. Yeah. And you know, who were like some of the artists, I guess, at the time and when you were getting older, like who were you looking up to and kind of like fantasizing, like, you know, that's kind of the nav, it's like how I want to navigate things. Like, who are you kind of influenced by? Um, it started off with just being Kanye, like, just like, because when 808s and Heartbreaks came out, that was like the first album that I loved and that I remember, like, the rollout and everything. I was so young at the time and it just blew my mind. Like, so Kanye was first. And then later on, when I was like eight or nine, um, I found out about Tyler. And that's somebody who I take from like a lot when it comes to just overall being a creative, not just a musician, but being a creative. So when he came out, I was like, what? like he's literally me, like what? Yeah. <laughs> and I could and I could always, I could always relate to his music. And then 
um, middle school type, like middle school, I was starting to get into more of like the SoundCloud type sound of the time. So like the McConans, the Key, like Key, um, Father, OG Mako, like the whole Atlanta kind of yeah. 2015 run, like Young Thug. Um, and after that, I've just been building from those early, early influences and going back to songs when I was young that I like to see and, and to see what I like about them so I could capture that in my own music. Yeah. And, you know, playing, you know, your music, I think you started officially releasing, at least on Spotify, uh, back in like 2018. When did you feel like that was the time to like officially release? Because I know a lot of artists that I've, that I've talked to and kind of seen, a lot of them will release like songs on SoundCloud. Yeah. It's kind of this thing where like, I'm not going to release on streaming platforms until I feel ready enough. Like, so for you, um, why was like 2018 the time to start releasing singles? Um, well, before that, like I come from, I come from the era of Dat Piffs and live mixtapes, you yeah. know, mixtape sites. So I have several other eras of my, of me making music where I thought where streaming wasn't a thing yet. So yeah, I thought my first official thing to the world was me putting my tape on that piff or me putting my tape on live mixtapes. But um, 2018, that's when I figured out like, cause I was wondering for years, how do I get my music on Spotify? That's when I went and did the research. Um, and yeah, that's when I did the research and I ended up signing up with this distribution service called Amuse. It was free at the time. It's not free yeah. anymore. I ended up signing up on a muse and I put out this song. I put out a lot of the so one of the songs that's still up, Vanity Hurts. Um, that was yeah, that was one of the that was one of the first Chloe Hotline songs, like right when I changed my name and right when I was figuring out who I was as a person and everything identity-wise, that was one of the first pieces of music to come out from the Chloe Hotline era, officially on every platform. Yeah. Do you feel like that song in particular was kind of the first time you felt like I know what I'm doing now kind of, and it kind of helped you along. Like, was it that song or was it any other song leading up to, I know you just released like an album, but you released yeah. one prior. Did that song that you're talking about just now help you along or was there another it was, moment? It was, um, that song let me, that song let me know that I was getting good at music, but okay. I still wasn't good enough yet. Like I knew like, to make a lasting impression on people, I still had to be better. So that song, like it did its little like 50 to 100 views or whatever, like that was a good stepping stone, but I didn't really have a breakthrough to where I was like, okay, music is my thing now. I didn't really have a breakthrough until this past summer, summer of 2020, when I, um, a couple of months after I released my, um, mixtape last year, Cynthia, which I disregarded after it came out. I thought it was, I thought it was a flop. I disregarded it completely. <laughs> but I shot a video for one of the songs off of that project. And then that's when I started to get blog coverage. And then they started Bandcamp Fridays and people were buying yeah. my project then. And then like that project had a lot of success after, but the original impact of, of the Cynthia mixtape was like nothing, so. Yeah, do you think like, um... Because I mean, I read a quote a long time ago, like Joey Badass. He talks about like, I don't like telling my fans like when I'm going to release music or things like that. Because like, then there's this high expectation and you can always disappoint 
do you feel like with your music, you're like your hardest critic in terms of like, if when I release the music, I really want like X, Y, and Z to happen. And cause sometimes I can take away from like the music itself. Like how do you balance those two things? I am most definitely my biggest critic. Like <laughs> I'm most definitely my biggest critic, but I don't let it, like, I know, I know it can, I know it gets to a point where I should just stop changing things. Like, this project I just put out, Instinct, I worked, I tried to work on it till like the last hour to put it on streaming. But I yeah. told myself, no, I'm not gonna do that because that's gonna, that's gonna fuck up the rollout and everything's gonna be out later. So I stopped on January 10th, I stopped myself. I was like, okay. And then I just shut myself off completely from that project and started working on other stuff just to keep me busy in the meantime. So, yeah. Do you, uh, do you think now, like, thinking about it like that you now look at other artists and then you can kind of understand them saying oh I'm still working on it like it's, it's not done yet like a Travis Scott will be like or a Kanye will be like no I'm still tweaking it do you now like see what they mean by that the way you kind of look at your music yeah and also they're like science and major so they have more wiggle room they, like they have yeah. more wiggle room when it comes to distribution like it could be up in a night I can't do that yeah. I can't do that yet so yeah so going from Cynthia to this new album, you know, what do you think you really learned from that release that made this release kind of better or helped you along? Because the space between the two releases aren't that big of a difference. So yeah, March 2020 and February 2021. Um, what I learned is, um, I learned, I learned that you should actually sit down and try to make a cohesive project because Cynthia that project, it's just a bunch of songs. Like it's literally just a bunch of songs. Like, I was originally gonna like actually like work on it as an album, but then it got to a point where I was gonna put it out, and then I was like, mm, it's not ready yet. I was gonna put it out on my birthday last year, but yeah, I was like, it's not ready yet. So I kept going back and working on it, and the date I had was April third, and then. Like, I think it was March 13th, all the uncertainties of COVID. My brother was in the UK at the time. So I was kind of paranoid about that. Like, is he yeah. gonna, like, what's going on with this shit? So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm putting my project out on the 20th. A one week notice, and then it <sighs> drops. And of course, nothing. So I learned that, I learned how to build up an actual rollout with a solidified date and how to make, like, how to make an album sound like an album like this album i feel like if you're listening if you listen to one song you have to go and listen to the others like i have like i really tried to make this project feel like a movie like one thing instead of just yeah. uh instead of just an assortment of songs which was cynthia yeah and with this uh record too there's features from other people and on the first on the first um cynthia i think Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there was a feature on Cynthia. I think it was just all not one. Yeah, not one. Um, this one, like you said, you know, you have merch and there's it feels like an experience. You yeah. know, talk about the features and talk about that whole idea. I know you kind of touched on it with the whole feel of an experience. So, on the first on the first track, is you down, Malik? That's that's my brother. That's been my best friend since ninth grade. And he honestly is the reason why Chloe Hotline even exists. That man boosts my confidence up so much. He told me 
from the jump. When I didn't believe in myself, he would always tell me, like, you like are the shit. Like, stop being down on yourself. Like, yeah, he 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 has given you so much game, even though we're the same age, he's like a month older than me. He's he's given me so much game and just put things into, into perspective for me. I'm an overthinker. Like, I'm definitely an overthinker, but he'll always tell me, like, oh, it's not that deep, it's simple. And he and really like he was one of the only people I've been making music with for the past couple years or so. So him just him being on the intro, I was like, I definitely want him to crack off the album because he is the reason why this album exists. He's the reason yeah. why I had the, the confidence to pull these things off. So I definitely wanted wanted him to shine. Um and then track two, um, Tallulah with Tip Mouse. Tip Mouse, honestly, she's like she she's she's spectacular. Like um, me and her have an EP together, and we're gonna do a volume two to that. We just have really really natural chemistry. Like when it comes to making music, you know, like really good friend of mine, really good friend of mine. And I don't even I don't even remember how we met. <laughs> like I think it was just like a Twitter interaction or something. Yeah, yeah, she's really dope. And then track three, track four, track five, Madden 08. Um, Keyshawn, a friend of mine. Um, he has his own, he has his own label, Bellflower. Um, he's no, we've known each other since like 2018, but we never worked on any projects. So me, him, me getting him on this was like, it was kind of almost like a trade-off because I was on his project too. But I was like, okay, I don't have a second verse for this. And this is like some down south, like pimp shit. I want him on this. And then yeah. towards the tail end of the song, if you really listen, it's really low. That's my brother. He actually has a whole verse. Yeah. But like the song was already done by the time. Like, so my brother transferred colleges. Um, he was at Virginia, but he came back to Cincinnati to go to UC. So he was living at at um my parents' home where I'm at for a couple of days. So um, he heard me playing the song. He was like, yeah, let me get on that. I was like, you're not even a rapper, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he got on it at the end. I think I'm going to put the, like, extended version out with him on it. But, yeah, he's really talented. Um, he's a uh, he's a multi-instrumentalist, um, college football player. He's, like, a renaissance man, for real. Yeah. Um, in the last feature, uh, someone with Lyndon Rook. Lyndon Rook is somebody who – was a fan of my music originally. And then I went to, they, he, he followed me and then I went to go dig. And I was like, oh, this shit is actually tight. Like, oh, what the fuck? And then yeah. one day we were in a group chat and I had someone over a different beat back in May. I was like, I need someone to do a guitar solo over this. And then they were like, oh, I'll do it. And I was like, oh, fuck, like, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally got the guitar solo back at 5 a.m. Like, the next day and then like I kept it for months and months and months and months and months and the song kept changing like there's like five different versions of that song like different beats and different yeah yeah um and one of the things that really stand out in your music and especially in this album is like the production how important for you is that aspect of the music because it feels like a lot of weight goes into that because the production on like songs like Nova or, or like other tracks like Avoid, like the production is like amazing. Like it's like, like even when you listen to it, there's so much, you know, like thought into it. So like how does production play a role in your music? 
Um, production plays a big role. I feel like production is the foundation for everything, whether it be drums or whatever. Like it's like it's like I say production is like building a house in a way. Like you have your foundation, which is your drums, and then you have the structures, which is like the melodies and stuff, and then the decorations, whether it be like little sounds, little hi hats, or little like vocal samples. Um, so production is 100 definitely really 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 important when i started off when i changed my name to chloe hotline originally i wanted to be a producer but nobody wanted to rap over my beats so (laughs) (laughs) i just kind of had to do my own thing and it like it worked out well i've been producing almost as long as i've been rapping i've been producing since i was nine so that's that's about 10 years almost so and I just now got good. Like I've been trash for so people don't understand. I was trash for so long and I just yeah. now got good. It's crazy. Yeah. That's a good part too. I like where like a lot of artists will like remove songs they did in the past to kind of take away from all that. But I always admire the artists that like keep it to show the growth. Cause like yeah. that's what we want to see as fans of the music. But, but yeah, no, um one of the things that really like put me onto your music is like being on KTT, like usually, you know, I don't know how long you've been on it, but usually when, when someone who's not a well-known artist puts music on, it's like creative showcase or like, it's like, knock it out of here. Yeah. The way the platform has like supported you is like one of like, I'm not gonna call it rare, but I don't think I've really seen that, which is like amazing, you know, for you, of course, releasing music, there's also like the nerves in that. But like, when did you feel comfortable enough to like try to release, to like tell people on KTT, hey, I release music, can you check it out? Because that is not a forgiving, <laughs> it's not a forgiving platform to be like, hey, this is my music. Okay. Um, I tried to do it on KTT One in 2019, but nobody cared about my thread. That site was on its way out. So when KTT Two came out, I think it was either October or November of 2019. I made an account immediately, but I waited a few months to like post my music on there. Like I waited, no wait. Yeah, I think I wait. I waited like a month and I posted, I po- I forgot, what, I don't know which song it was, but I posted it and people were like, oh yeah, okay. Like this is decent, but it got moved to creative showcase. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. they, they, they weren't really fucking with me from the beginning, but over time, over time, definitely, I've just been on the site literally every day. Like, if I'm not on Twitter, like I'm on KTT. So being on the being on the site every day, being in the community and posting, not just posting my music, but actually posting in threads and posting my opinions on things. I think that that won people over. Also, like, it got to a point where like, um, um, I was like this this past summer, I was drop I would drop singles. And every time on KTT, the thread would have like 100, 100 replies or like 300 replies, like 10 pages. And I was like, wow. (laughs) Exactly. That's amazing. But KTT one, that audience was definitely more fickle. Before I even had an account, I used to like lurk a lot. I know and I know how I know how that audience was. It was a little bit more unhinged. KTT two was a bit more sedated, a little bit more like. You can't just say whatever you want, so. Yeah, because, like, on KTT, like, yeah, there's, like, 
a lot of people that release their music and it's not really that great but some people like you and like i interviewed kaiba and like haji like some people are really talented on that platform so it's kind of cool to see like i feel like a little bit it's a little bit more welcoming than it's ever really been before yeah definitely yeah and um you know usually when i get near like the end of my interviews i'll like ask like an artist you know tour dates or you got a new album coming out like all these cool things with covid you know slap that question out of the i park. do i i am performing the album in full friday which is tomorrow on instagram live okay so yeah that's like i can't like no we can't do shows of course so i yeah. decided that at home i'm gonna have a whole set built up and everything and i'm actually gonna like perform like i'd be performing at a festival or a tour yeah. date I'm really gonna make it like I'm gonna make it feel like they're like people are there, you know. How have you been navigating that? Because I know a lot of people, you know. I remember, remember when like remember when lockdown first started. Like for me, it was last March. I don't know when it was for you. Everybody went live on Instagram, and it's like a yeah. meme. Like how how have you as an artist been navigating that world? Do you like do you feel comfortable like going on live and doing these performances? I know you're doing it tomorrow, but like how do you personally feel about this whole? new way to adapt um i feel i feel very comfortable because even before this like uh like before the lockdown i was not getting booked for shows i was not um yeah i didn't really have any like i didn't really do shows like that at all like, i did one show in 2019 and i haven't i haven't i haven't performed i haven't been to a concert ever since 2019 which is really weird so I'm not really tripping. I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people who like having a hard time, but for me, it's just like typical, typical stuff. Yeah. Um, on a final note, you know, for all the people that will eventually flock to your album, what is the one thing you want people to take away from that album? Um, I want people to take from that album that I'm, I'm that, I'm a great artist and my music should, should, my audience should, should be bigger. Like, you know, they'd be like, oh, I want this artist to blow up. Like, I feel like this album brings, should bring that effect, especially on certain, like Potent. Potent is like my favorite song that I've ever made in my entire life. That is my, that's like my championship. That is like yeah. my Super Bowl ring. That is, I'm so proud of myself for that song. I want people to listen to that and be like, this is the future. Like that's what I that's what I want people to get from this project. Yeah, for sure. Um, again, you know, really, really like your music. Glad we connected. Um, definitely always wanted to support Kate's T. Been on that since the first version. So <laughs> thanks for you know taking the time out. Uh, you know, absolute no, pleasure. No problem. No problem. Thanks for having me. Studio One.